So in our last episode of the Paradigm Switch, we discussed my testimony, and we had hoped that by laying that out for people to hear, that it would give encouragement to our listeners who might be going through trials that God is always going to be there for them during these moments of difficulty. Today is the other part of this episode. We're going to hear about Avon's testimony. And as was our hope from listening to mine, uh, we hope that our listeners will continue to be encouraged to turn to God while in the midst of their own trials. Welcome to The Paradigm Switch, where we discuss issues that young believers in Christ face using our testimonies, failures, and struggles, along with scriptures from the Bible. We hope to give encouragement and solutions for these problems. I'm Avon. And I'm Alex. Our world is changing, and each day it seems things are getting darker. But God's will for his children is to live as champions, not as those who are defeated. The Bible teaches, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. So being equipped with the proper mindset is critical. Therefore, we have to switch our thinking from our way to God's way. And on that note, join us in our discussion. And welcome to the Paradigm Switch where we encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds, to think right side up. We're on Facebook, on Instagram, like, follow, and share. We also have our podcast on Apple Podcast, on Spotify and Google Podcast. So again, like, follow, share, leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. And also, it would be interesting to know if you all wanted us to do an episode on a, on a certain topic. Oh right yeah, on. write to us. We would yeah. love to know what y'all want to uh, hear us discuss yeah. or even debate about. Yeah, so we're definitely open to this. Uh, and on that note, I'm Alex, and I'm with my co-host, Avon. And we are going to discuss Avon's testimony today. Oh, man. I mean, we did mine in the last episode, and now it is Avon's turn. So, Before I wasn't nervous, but now I'm starting to get nervous to talk about it. He's on the hot seat, <laughs> folks. This is, this is the, the question and answer session. So as we said in the last episode, we have known each other 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I've been very thankful to get to know you because... We went to a university that is not known for a, its Christian atmosphere, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's definitely really important for a believer to have good fellowship with other believers, uh, especially at a college campus where you know, a lot of people can have stumbles, as you know. And so I, I'm very thankful, though, that you sat down next to me that, that day when we met at the open house uh-huh. and I think that was the Lord's hand. You, you saved me from the, the, the elderly lady who was kind of nagging. Who, you know, now that I'm older, maybe, you know, that could have been a cougar situation where, you know, you could have been set up right there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I blocked you from a situation right there. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We talked about how God gave laws to the children of Israel and one of those laws was to share the testimonies of what God had done for them and their children so that the next generation would not forget. And so that's where this uh, idea of sharing testimonies comes from. And also is a more like evangelical aspect of this. This is a good way to reach uh, unbelievers with Christ is to share how has Christ changed your life. And so do you have any thoughts about that? I think I think testimonies are good because it lets people know that God is present still um, in present day earth. You know, some people, you know, there's some people who think that God is far away. He's not involved in, you know, the times now that God isn't active anymore in present day 21st century. They think God went away with the apostles and everything, you know, that God is not active. But God is still very active here on planet earth. And he helps his believers, his Christians, his um, his children. 
on earth who um, turn to him. Indeed he does, as we talked about last time and as I'm, we'll, we'll be discussing today. Uh, so the other reason why we're doing this is so that our listeners can know more about us. Okay. And have more of a, a bond between the, the hosts and their audience. So... I mean, I have some questions for you. All right, what, what do you got for me, Alex? And, and so here, here, here we go. Here's some questions. Um, I mean, you grew up in the church. You were a preacher's kid, as you have said repeatedly on this show. Uh, so tell me a little bit about that. How, how did you? How, how did you make the your faith your own? Like in my, mm. we talked last time that I grew up in the church, but I didn't really make faith my own until I was 17. How did it go with you? Man, that's a loaded question. Um, well, first you asked about like the whole thing about being a pastor's kid. So um, my dad is a pastor. Um, I think at this moment, I think he's been a pastor for 17 years. Sorry if I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> he's been a pastor for a while. Uh, my whole family is involved with the whole process. I mean, we all go to the same church. Uh, my siblings, I have an older brother. I have uh, two younger siblings, a sister and a, and a younger brother. And my mom's involved. So there's four of us total um, in the family. And we're all totally involved in in the family business in the church um ministry and so growing up my parents were i wouldn't say they were the strict christian household like we knew what we could and couldn't do every morning my mom would teach us you know the bible would teach us stories in the bible that's how i'm so i would say that's how i'm so knowledgeable about different characters and different uh principles in the bible because for all of my school years I grew up, right before I went to school, I grew up listening to my mom. Sometimes my dad was a substitute. I would listen to them teach us, give us devotion in the morning. And this was continuous every day from kindergarten all the way up to high school. Okay. For like, we would have it for about 20 minutes or so. And so this went on for years. So that's how, you know, I grew up really learning about things in the Bible. Of course, we would go to church and stuff, but we didn't start our own church right away. Um, I remember we would visit other churches or we were involved in another church until I would say maybe around like six or seven. And I feel like that's around the time my parents really stepped out to start their ministry and everything. And so being a pastor's kid is a very interesting platform to be on. Um, How so? I'll say for me, sometimes you have to question the loyalty. Am I doing this because I'm being loyal to my parents or am I doing this because I'm being loyal to God? Oh, interesting. And so the kind of person I am, I'm a very loyal person. Um, I'll, I'll be there. And so I think sometimes comes the struggle when you're the pastor's kid is the loyalty of whether this is for God or whether this is for your parents because um, you have to... You have to endure persecution and you have to endure hardship during the ministry. You know, people like to talk about all the time about what the pastor and the first lady goes through in ministry, but vaguely do people ever talk about what the pastor's kids go through because the pastor kids have the front seat of seeing what people in the church do to the pastors and the first ladies in gossip and lies and betrayal and all that kind of stuff. Now, as much as you love your parents and you spoke about last time being close to your parents, I had the hot seat of seeing my parents, who I care about and who I'm close to, be treated in such way. So 
This is astounding because as a layperson who's not involved in church leadership, this uh, you don't think of lying and backstabbing and gossip and betrayal happening. Oh, you're in the not body paying attention. Believers. It could very well be. I'm not paying attention. You're not they, paying attention. It could very well be. I mean, I don't have any leadership positions. I, I'm not at the current church I am at. I am not particularly close with anybody who is in the, the leadership positions. Uh, so it's very possible I don't know anything about this. And this is to cover and say, you know, not everyone who's come to our church is bad, but there has been some situations that have arrived, that has aroused and everything where it has brought um, betrayal, it has brought lies and deception, and just in the sense, hell. <laughs> it's just, just brought hell in the situations and stuff. So so can you describe that a little bit? Earlier you mentioned like persecution. So what exactly do you mean by that? Well, I'll speak for myself. Um, per, um, as a pastor's kid, it's an awkward situation because you can't, you want, you want to be involved in the sense like get to know the people, you know, join in with the people, but you have to have a separation because you are who you are as a pastor's kid. I actually understand this. You yeah. you are who you are and you can't get too attached because some people will, I've experienced it where people will use you to get to your parents. Yeah. In a sense, they want a, a closer position. They want to use you to even get dirt on what's oh, going on. You know, they you know want to get dirt on what's going on. And so you have to be loving, but be wise at the same time. And even at a young age, that's why I kind of have an oldness about me, um, that even though I'm young physically, mentally, I had to be sharp mm -hmm. and be on guard because you have to just kind of pay attention and, you know, think two steps ahead before a situation could happen. Do you think this is a problem at like a lot of churches or unique um, to smaller ones or what, what do you think? Because I've not heard this really Again, I'm not a I'm not in leadership, so I don't know what goes on behind the curtain. But this is astounding to me because when you think of believers, you don't think that this kind of thing goes on. Yeah, I mean, it goes on, and it's nothing against believers. Um, people people are growing. The church is a place where people grow, and they come in with their baggage and they come in with their problems that they you know brought from when they weren't under Christ, and so. You know, they're bringing, you know, they're bringing their baggage. You know, if they were a manipulator and liar before they come to Christ, you know, just because you came to Christ, that doesn't magically go away. Right. It takes time for those um, strongholds and those problems to fall off you and stuff. And so sometimes people overcome them as they stay in the church and, you know, stay faithful. But sometimes the people are resisting to change and, you know, things just, things just happen in the church. Mm -hmm. So... So growing up in the church, I mean, you were involved since you were really young. So what are the kinds of things that, that your parents had you do as, oh, man, as a I, son in, in the church congregation that they were pastoring? Gosh, I think the question is, what wasn't I doing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what wasn't I doing to participate um, in those beginning stages? It was, man, me and my older brother, we would have to get up early and pack the car mm -hmm. with equipment. Um Around this time, my memories are coming in around like 11 or so, okay. 11, 12 years old. Um, we would have to pack, get up early on a Sunday, pack the car with um, equipment, amp, amp piano, 
Uh, we would make sure we had to print out flyers, all that kind of stuff. And we would be packed in the car with my other siblings. I mean, all the stuff would be in there. Oh, man. And then sometimes we would, we would be driving with signs in the car as well, you know, to say that the church is over here and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was involved in, you know, I would be involved in playing the piano at church. I would be involved in singing at church. I was involved with being on the usher board. I was involved in sometimes um, reading announcements, speaking um cleaning security yeah yeah yeah. babysitting kids sunday school teaching so yeah i'm heavily involved in the church but growing up as a pastor's kid you know no one else is there (laughs) who's 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 there is the the kids of the pastor so and i enjoyed doing it you know um i've always had an open heart to do whatever i felt needed to be done that's just who i am and you know if i see something needs to get done i'm going to do it and I think that's what it comes into play. Like I say the, uh, the kind of blurred line of um, the confusion of, am I being loyal really to my parents? Because, you know, my parents are involved in this. This is their calling and this is their dream. So, you know, because I care about them, I'm going to jump in and help to bring it to fruition. But I'm doing it under the under the act of serving God. Right. Mm-hmm. So what was the most challenging part of, of this, do you think? Because I think teaching small children is really hard, by the way. You talking about out of the things I did? Yeah. What was the hardest thing I um, did? Yeah. I do think the children's church was probably the hardest thing for me. Yeah. Um, I like to think I'm very nice, but... Uh, <laughs> Avid, we... Uh, I am uh, nice. What are you talking about? But I do have a very strong personality, of which uh, at this time in my life, being around little children doesn't go so well. So it doesn't go so well. But yeah. But, you know, um, I feel like we, let me jump back a little bit because you asked it and I I didn't address it. You asked when God came real to me. Um, Like I said, I grew up in church. Um, I grew up, you know, under my parents teaching us a lot. Um, But I feel like God really came real to me in the sense, I got, I technically got saved when I was five. I remember being in the kitchen. My mom was talking about how to go to heaven and I did it right there in the kitchen, so I technically got saved around five, six years old in the kitchen. Okay. Uh, But God became real to me where I started seeking after him more around the age when I was about 14, 15 years old. And I remember I did this after hearing um, a preacher had gone to heaven and seen a vision and, you know, seen things in heaven. And that kind of inspired me to be like, oh, man, I want to make sure I am on this path to make sure I get in (laughs) to do that. And so... Um, I would, I would listen to, um, teachings all the time. I'm a huge fan of Joyce Meyer. I listen to her all the time. I would listen to other preachers all the time at 14 years old. I was listening to all these like great teachings and I was just really soaking in knowledge. Um, I would read the Bible on my own. Um, I just really picked up a real interest on my own to like study the word of God. And my parents encouraged it because they said, you know, they always taught us that it was in the word that we were going to find our life and everything that we need in life was going to be from knowing God's word. So that's when kind of the word, that's kind of when God came real to me was during that walk at 14, 15 years old. Um, yeah. Okay. So you came to, to make your faith your own at 14, 15. And so how, how has that uh, grown over the last uh, 13 years? How, how, is your, how has your walk with Christ been? I, I mean, I know, having known you for a decade now, there's been ups and downs. 
but but can you, um how would you describe your your walk with God? You know, um the when we did your interview I asked you, you know, what's one word to describe your walk and you yep. said blessed. I think for me, if I was going to describe my walk, persistence. Persistence. I feel as though there has been many situations where I would have I would have to make that decision of right and wrong so many times like do I continue doing right even though so much around me is looking wrong if that makes sense um just just basically having to choose to keep doing what's right even though everything within my mind um the devil's thoughts in different circumstances want to push me to do the wrong thing um case in point um I was thinking when um preparing for the interview I was thinking of a time when I was in high school I remember there was a group of kids group of guys that I got along with really well I mean we got along super well joking all the time and it was like the computer lab class and um I remember everything was going fine but there was this one guy in the class who who was an atheist and he was not just an atheist in the sense of like I just don't believe God he was an atheist in the sense that I hate I hate God. And he was very vocal about it. And it just didn't really sit right in my spirit to be in association with, with that around me because I didn't want it to poison my relationship with Christ. Right. And so I remember I had to sacrifice that group of friends. Mm -hmm. I had to be persistent in my walk with Christ and I had to separate myself from that group of friends. And it actually, um, you would think it was just a simple cut of like, I didn't talk to them. They didn't talk to me. No, it was a simple, it, it actually was, different i got picked on about it oh i became the goody tissues i became um the christian boy or the jesus freak oh. um yeah so i've had i've had to make that defining choice i remember another time i had to make a choice this might blow you away i used to bring my bible sometimes to school because i didn't i never went to lunch in high school i would you never went to lunch in I, high school it was very rarely i went to lunch in high school um if someone invited me i would go or be like, because I would just go to the library, either read or do my homework and get it over with. So I wouldn't have homework when I got home. You got to be smart. So sometimes I would bring my Bible if I didn't have home, if I didn't have homework and I would read it. And I remember for a while, um, a person of a different religion kept coming in when I would be trying to read it, and she would be fighting me theologically oh, man. about the Bible with her religion. And it got to a point where. I would say, like, you know, I would try to do it nicely and everything and, you know, say, we, we should we should not go down this route. But she just kept harboring, you know, just badgering me, badgering me, like, that's not real. You need to let that go. This is the way. And this is where my sternness came out. It's not the way to share faith in my view, by the way, is to tell the other person you're you're messed up and wrong and blah, blah, blah. Yes, I did. I was still growing at this point. But I did blurt out and say, what you're following is a lie. You're going, to, you're going to end up in hell, and I'm going to be in heaven looking at you drop down. Not the best way. No, not the, <laughs> not best, the way. best way. Not the best way. But, but you know what? Hot-headedness of teenagers, that's yes, what this is. But it was, it was, I think it's the principle of the line of I've always had to, I always felt like I've always had to make those defining choices all the time yeah. of, and I think everyone does. Everyone does has to make those defining choices. But I've always, I felt like I've always had to be really persistent and making sure to keep an eye to not get tripped up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So as you went into college and grew older, did did it become easier to walk the narrow path, or were there still more temptations and difficulties as you got older that you had to persist through? Um. Hmm. <laughs> college was okay. Um. I feel like, you know, college, you just deal with the, I feel like college is just that molding of you're now coming to shape into who you're going to be as an adult. I felt like my bigger challenges for my faith really came um, when I, once I graduated college. Inter- I, interesting. Okay. I really feel like, and I know you know a lot about me, but I really uh-huh. feel like a lot came, a lot of my like super growth came once I graduated college. And that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so... First of all, I, you know, I thought my life was just going to go super well because here I am. I'm the pastor's kid. I have done right all these years. I have supported the ministry. I have done, I mean, by the book, I have done everything perfect. So definitely when I graduate school, I'm going to get that high paying job. I'm going to like, God is going to set me on a high pedestal. This is it. It didn't happen that way. No. It did not happen that way. And I remember once I graduated, I was um, working a part-time job for a while and then doing like a side teaching job for a while, searching and searching and searching for a job. And I ended up getting a job that was very low paying. I remember. I remember. I, I ended up getting a job that was very low paying. And I was grateful to have a job, but it was hard for me to... It was hard for me to to realize I was there. To like... Like, I felt... It was hard for me to realize I was there. I felt as though I had so... Like, there was so much potential. There was so much potential. And I had been doing so right for so long. And I was like, you know... And I always heard, you know, not just from my parents, just heard everywhere, you know, you keep doing what's right, you know, God's going to bless you, you know, he's, you know, you're going to get those abundant blessings and all that kind of stuff, like, you're just going to see the favor just explode. Didn't happen that way. Didn't happen that way. It didn't, it didn't happen that way. I was in a very low position um, working for a company, and then even worse, <laughs> even worse, I was working with a supervisor of which uh, yes. I did not get along with at all. No. Irked my nerves, like every nerve, not just a nerve, but every nerve. And it was very hard sometimes to realize I was there. I remember sometimes being in my car, just having to, this is where I come with persistence, um, having to stay persistent in studying, having to stay persistent and keeping a good attitude, having to stay persistent and doing what is what I knew what was right. Right. Um, that that was a real challenging time for me, um, especially because I'm seeing other people I know who aren't believers, who are graduating college, and they are automatically getting jobs that pay ninety five thousand dollars or more. It seems to be a recurring theme in both our lives here. <laughs> I remember, I yeah, I remember just being like, I don't understand. I like, I just like, I just don't understand. Like, it is not turning out the way I would have thought things would have turned out for me. And I just remember that time in my adulthood, 
Um, this is like when I'm 22, 23. I was, I was just so frustrated with life. I was just like, this isn't the job I wanted to have. And I was applying to jobs like crazy. I was trying to get out of there. Nothing. God didn't let me out of there. He did not let me out of there. I sat at that job for close to six years and God le uh, left me there. And I will say I learned a lot during that time period because I learned how to trust God anyway. I learned how to be diligent anyway. I learned how to not let circumstances dictate my joy, dictate my peace. Um, and even with the whole financial thing, I learned that God supplies my need according to his riches and glory. And that part in that scripture says his riches and glory, not according to how much I'm making. He will supply it. If something came up, like the crazy thing is I was looking at the number, but if I look back, anything I needed or wanted, I had the money for it. Like yeah. anything it's funny I, how that happens. Yeah, anything I needed or wanted, I had I had the I had the means to get it or like a bill that came up, I had the means to pay it without freaking out or without um without stressing about it. So God still took care of my needs, but it wasn't it wasn't what I had thought for myself um for it. And just being in that low position for so long was very frustrating. And I learned about submitting to authority. Yeah. Even when I think I'm smarter than that other person. And I say think because in my mind, I would think I'm smarter than, you know, an authority person. But it's not a matter of who's smarter or who's not. It's a matter of just respecting who's in, who's in charge and respecting authority. So I learned a lot um, in the, the six years I stayed at that particular job. Um, and I think God put me there for a reason so that it would humble me. And I'm going to read the scripture that he, one of the, like, I don't, I, can't, I don't remember when, but I just know it was during those times that God really, um, brought this to life. And it comes from Deuteronomy eight. And I still turn to the scripture when I get those frustrating thoughts, if I feel as though I'm not at a place I want to be. And this is in Deuteronomy, and it says, um, Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised and on oath to your ancestors. Um, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness for these 40 years to humble you, to test you, in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestor had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So for me, that's a scripture that comes alive. Um, especially that part about I humbled you, you know, the children of Israel, here they are. They had the blessing on them. They were, they had the blessing on them for something good and something great, but God took them through the wilderness of being in need and being in lack and being in an, in an uncomfortable situation. And God himself says, I let you go hungry on purpose. <laughs> I let you experience that to humble you and to see, would you keep doing what's right? Even if things are not going the way you think it should go. Yeah. And I think that's what I went through during that time period that I went through that time period of going through, will you do what's right? Will you keep being diligent? Will you keep being faithful? During those time periods, I've messed up sometimes. I messed up sometimes. I did let my um, anger get the best of me every now and then um, at the job or just in life in general. I would become very negative. I mean, I would call you all the time and just be I like, I am totally done. <laughs> yes, you did. And I would get into a frenzy of just being ungrateful and all those kind of things. And I've been down that road and I, and, and I get that. 
And I get that completely. And I think God let me down that, down that path for that time period so that I would, um, so that I would know, like it says that God, um, that man lives on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That I live by what he says, not based on what the circumstances say. I live by what he says. So would you say that it's fair to say that you were trapped in this job so that you would be caught, uh, let go of pride? So that, that, that you could learn how to be content and learn that God is leading you and it's not you leading you. It's it's you're, le- you're following where God is leading you. I would say that, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'll give you one of the examples of the lessons I learned while um, being in this lowly position um, there was a situation where we had um, an excess amount of money okay. in the department. And so I had heard that they would go to different conferences and stuff out of town and all that kind of stuff, that they would go out of town for the conferences. And I brought it up since we had the excess money. Brought it up and said, hey, maybe we can go since we have this excess money. No, we can't go. That's what the boss said. No, we can't go. That's not going to work. We can't go, yada, yada, yada. That's impossible. They're not going to let us go. The higher management. We're not going to yeah. So I kept asking and I got kept being rejected. And so eventually I let it go. Dude, two weeks before that conference was about to happen, she pulls me aside and says, I just want to let you know that we did get approved to go to the conference, but I'm leaving you behind. I remember this. You were very upset. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> the anger that came over me was so overwhelming i remember man the anger that came over me was so overwhelming i honestly i honestly don't think i spoke in that office for two days Mm -hmm. like i really think i just completely shut down like for two days and i was livid like oh man i was livid and I'm not going to get into every detail about it, but I will say that um, certain people at the conference did not even attend all the meetings that were there, but went for a mini vacation. <sighs> but, you know, they didn't take advantage of it being a conference. It was a mini vacation for them. But the lesson I learned from that going forward is while I was left behind doing all the work in the department, um, a situation came up where I had to help some staff member or something. I had to help some staff member. And so I helped them out. I didn't think it was anything special. So I just did it. It was like a kind of a last minute thing for what I do. And then weeks went by. They came back. And during that time period when I was still angry, it was a testing of can I forgive and can I <laughs> walk in love? Yeah. Oh, man, it was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard, man. So how did you let it go? How, how did you let go? Of I had anger? to pray every day. Pray every day. I had to pray every day, Lord, help me forgive. I literally would sometimes be in the bathroom with tears in my eyes saying, Lord, help me forgive. Because I felt so taken advantage of. And just at a part, just at a point where I felt content being there, I got knocked down once again. And it was just like... I remember tears being in my eye, just like, Lord, help me forgive. Like, help me to forgive. And um, God was faithful in me asking for that to um, to help forgive, that I eventually was able to move forward with it. But long story short, to bring back around, that, that project I had, that favor I did for somebody, it came like months later, that person came back, and it was like some board member or something. 
And then at a staff meeting, I got called up and I got an award for that. And I got like employee of the month. Oh, oh wow. So God justified, God justified me and vindicated me with that. And during that time period, Holy Ghost convicted me to say, don't complain about it. Don't gossip about it. Don't say anything about it at work. I told you because yeah. you didn't work there, but not right. to spread those seeds at work. God, and so that was really hard. And I remember the Holy Ghost would always hit me and say, I'll take care of it. And sometimes we think God takes care of it. How we would want God to take care of it is like the person gets hurt or or something and that's, tragic. It's, something tragic that's happens. That's definitely sinful, by the yes. way. I think sometimes, we think, I think sometimes we think God vindicates by something bad happening to that person. But God vindicated me by bringing me up. That's, yeah, that's strong. So I think I learned in that sense... You know, I learned so many things. I could, we can do like a whole series of the things I learned at that job. <laughs> but I learned just from that situation of holding my peace and letting God fight the battles. Because I don't know what might come in the future for me in my walk with God where I'm going to need to pull out that example in my walk. Yeah. So. Well, I can definitely tell you just having been your friend all this time, you're definitely more calm than you used to be. What do you mean calm? Was I not calm before? I mean, you could tell that there was anger there, right? You didn't even <laughs> tell that. But 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 it's better. And um, and so these these are interesting things. So you, you tackled pride in this job, learned how to overcome that and how to be content with what you have. You learned how to deal with anger and not let that simmer and become unforgiveness. These are crucial things I think. We probably need to do a series about this yeah. at some point. Um, but getting back to your, your testimony, so... Do you, what was it that brought you through these hard times? You mentioned prayer as being important, but was there anything else that was important? Any particular scriptures that come to mind? Or was it really just that alone time with God, pouring out your heart, kind of like the psalmist does? Uh-huh. Um, I don't want, you know, I think prayer is something um, personal for somebody on how they pray. There is a biblical way on how you approach God and how you pray to God. Um, I, for me, and just seeing results happen for me, I'm very um, open and honest with God when I say stuff. Like I, during that time period, I told God straight up, I don't want to forgive this person. I'm very angry at this person. Yeah, well, you're going to have to fix this because I am hot mad. I am very open and honest with with God when I pray. And I think God honors that in a sense of, because I'm open and honest with him, how I'm feeling. And, you know, cause I think some people try to mask yeah. what they're, you know, what they're going, what's really going on in the inside. And I feel like God's the one person I can tell cause he already knows. So I tell yeah. God how I feel really feel on the inside. I tell God, I feel really taken advantage of. I feel really upset. I feel that you have forgotten me and you've done this. And but you're not the first to say these things. Yeah. David says them in the psalm and, and others. So I think this is completely understandable. Mm -hmm. And and I think God can handle this. Yeah, God, I mean, God, God can handle it. But that's for me. I'm very um, open and honest and raw when I pray. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, I, I think it's really important that believers turn to the word when they're having a problem. When I know I'm having a problem with something, I don't... I don't ignore it in the sense of just hope it goes away. I seek out scriptures to try to help me with it. And like when I was in this lowly position, I would read all the time um, about Joseph in the Bible because that's how I felt. I was this person that has so much potential, but yet I'm just trapped in Egypt as some slave or in prison. And it's like, how in the world did I end up here? Yeah. You know, like this is nothing's going according to plan um, and everything. 
Um, but there's one thing, because I did want to bring up about Joseph, because that's how I felt. And I found this scripture actually not that long ago in the book of Acts um, 7 and 9. And this is what it says. It says, because the um, patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they said to him as a slave, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt in all of his palace. Then the famine struck all of Egypt and Canaan, bringing great suffering um, and our ancestors could not find food. And then you can go on seeing more of what the scripture talks about. And it talks about that Joseph was sent there and everything he went through, but he was sent there for the mission to save his family. Even though it looked ugly and even though it looked bad, Joseph's mission in the end was when the famine came, Joseph was in the perfect position to save his family. God's timing. God's timing. So something like that with Joseph would always encourage me to keep moving forward that I might be here, but eventually God would move me somewhere else where I will be, where I would, I feel is in my heart at the right time to do his will. So that's, that's how I get through those hard times. Have you ever regretted doing this? Be, be, continue being persistent with God. Do you, have you ever had any regrets about that? Hmm. I would say sometimes I regret like growing up in a Christian home because I'm like, man, if I didn't know <laughs> these things, I could just do whatever I want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe there's a lot of people who think that, you know, if I didn't grow up in a Christian home, I would just be able to do whatever I want and not have a conscience, you know, that says don't do it. Um, I wouldn't say I regret. I always appreciate my relationship with Christ. It is something very important to me um, in the sense of saying regret. I will say sometimes I have always thought maybe I wish I wasn't like a pastor's kid and I could just be a normal church person that just sits in the church kind of like you and how I get on you sometimes <laughs> that you just simply are able to go to church, raise your hand, sing, pray, clap, listen to message and just go. Yeah. And I said, I wish I said, sometimes I wish it would be that easy for me to just go to church, just be just a regular normal Christian and stuff. But that's not the lot I was given. And I wouldn't say I regret it, but it is what it is, as one of my friends always says. It is what it is. So how, how do you... Uh, you say it is what it is, but but there have been positives from being a believer, you would say. You, you have seen things improve in, in your life as time has gone on, right? I have. I have seen very good things happen. Um, actually, I keep a journal. Um, I haven't written it in a while, but I keep, I keep a journal... When I was 14, 15 years old, I kept a journal of all the amazing things I would see God do for me. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are funny. Um, I don't think I've ever shared this with you. No, you haven't. One this time, is my first time hearing it. One time I was walking in the hallways at school and I was doing like my daily confessions and praying. And I know I heard God like say to me, I know it. Like you cannot tell me it didn't happen. I know God told me, stop that girl she's gonna crash into the wall <laughs> <laughs> did you i did not because i was just like <gasps> did she crash into the wall she full-on crashed into the wall oh no face her face smashed into the wall glasses fell off it was oh, no. a <laughs> it was a bad scene and i was like oh lord <laughs> um, oh no even oh no <laughs> 
so yeah i remember that happened um i remember another like you learned not to ignore him after that (laughs) yeah i remember another situation of um another positive thing where god took care of me and i didn't even have to fight i was in a group project even at school and so this is this is encouraging for people so they know god is active in your life whenever you let him come in you can be as old as 90, or you could be as young as a teenager as I was at this time, God was actively moving in my life. And I was, and I saw it. I was in a group project where the people were coming against me in the group project. They made me the leader. They made me the leader. And then they didn't like my leadership and they were just coming against me so bad. It was like, it was really bad. And it was tension in the classroom and all this kind of stuff. And so we had this big meeting with the teacher of which I thought, surely i'm gonna get in trouble with this i never said anything or did anything i just kept cool and was like god you got to work on this surely enough what happened is the group paper the teacher something happened where the teacher said i know y'all are coming against avon and avon has been doing everything right and turning everything in on time and right so y'all are failing the part of the project avon's passing oh oh (laughs) so yeah it just got flipped and i just i was just in shock like whoa and so, yeah. Do you yeah. know this kind of like ties in to my favorite scripture, Psalm 73, which we talked about in the last steps, couple few episodes. The ways of the wicked are, are going to be thrown down the slippery slope, mm-hmm. basically. I'm paraphrasing here, but it sounds like that happened. Yeah, it case. happened. It happened for real. And, you know, yes, I've had struggle in my walk with Christ. There's no Christian out there that's going to have an easy walk with Christ. Um, I've had struggle in my walk in Christ, but like I said, I would say my walk is summed up with the word persistent. I've had to stay persistent. Um, I've had to stay persistent in making the right choices. I've had to stay persistent in not giving up my faith, even when it looks hopeless, even when it looks dark and looks bleak. To sum up the story, I did eventually get a new good job, um, of which I'm currently working at, um, so that see, I like. So God does reward people. God who are does persistent. reward people. And yeah. so um just had to wait for the timing for it to happen this is Um, just like joseph exactly i just had to wait for the perfect timing and so um yeah there you know there's going to be struggles there's going to be problems in life but what i would want for my fellow brothers and sisters to know out there is just to keep on keeping on it's just to keep on keeping on things are going to be hard things are going to not go the way you like it to just like I read from Deuteronomy, you know, things happen and it might not go the way you want, but man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. I mean, that's the scripture that's gotten me through so many days um, when I felt like things were just dark of just knowing I don't live based on what I see. I don't live based on what's going around me. I'm living based on what God has said, and I'm going to make decisions based on what God has said for me to do. Are there any other scriptures that come to mind? Um, another one that I always look to is the parable of the house on the rock. Yeah. That's a really good one because it talks about Jesus said, those who obey me is like the man who built his house on a rock. And, you know, to build your house on a rock, that requires effort. It requires hard work. But in the end, that's what I always look for is that in the end, it will be worth it. So that's what gets me through yeah. when I want to like do my own thing and steer away. So the last question I have for you before we wrap this up is what is your hope for the future with Christ as your Lord and Savior? Obviously, I want to make it in. Uh, <laughs> I want to make it in the pearly gates. Um, honestly, dude, I think it, um, 
I think my hope for like for the future, like for my life, for my life, I want to be effective here on earth as much as possible. I want to make sure I want to make sure I use the talents and the gifts that God has given me to 100% capability. And so that's why I kind of wanted to start the podcast. You know, I have the ability to communicate well. Um, at least I think I communicate well. Um, I have a ability to teach um, and explain things really well. Um, and I understand the Bible really well um, from my years of studying and all that stuff. You know, as a kid, I used to pray all the time, Lord, give me wisdom. Man. I used to pray that all the time. Lord, give me wisdom and make me wise. And I think God has honored that. Um, I just hope that that when I transition to the next life and God says to me, you know, you poured out everything I have put in you and completed the task that, you know, I was sent on earth to do. God has given everyone a purpose to do on earth, and I just want to fulfill it, whether it is through teaching, whether it's just as simple as a podcast in Alex's apartment. Yeah. I just want to be able to uh, complete, I just want to be able to complete the word. I just want to be able to complete what God has um, sent me to do. And one thing I'm really passionate about is for Christians to understand the Bible. Because, you know, um, Amen. I'm, I'm really passionate about people, Christians understanding um what the word says than just surface level of, oh, um, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. It's like, whoa, that's a powerful scripture. Let's really break that down and see what it's what it's saying. Let's not just scream it and shout about it. Like, let's really understand what that is. I don't think I'm called to be uh, so much of a pastor to bring in unbelievers because I don't think I have that gentle touch yet. Maybe one day, but I have a real passion to... Um, to teach fellow believers and to like help fellow believers grow in the faith. All right. Well, that wraps up our, our testimony episodes. So I hope our listening audience enjoyed listening to the paradigm switch. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, like follow, share us, uh, leave a review. So we know what you're thinking, whether you want us to do a specific topic on an episode in the future. And today we're going to learn how to think right side up. So our next episode is going to be about giving. <laughs>